In today's episode, we'll talk about what it takes to go from self-sabotage to self-belief and create an authentic confidence in yourself so that you can easily and efficiently take forward action toward your most important goals. Don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan here. Very glad and very grateful to be with you today. And, you know, just as promised, I've got lined up for you the third part in what inadvertently became my little self-empowerment sandwich here. You remember two episodes ago that we talked to someone who, you know, studied basically and had an expertise in self-empowerment for women. Then on our last episode, we focused more towards self-empowerment toward men and spoke to an expert in that field. And we're going right back around again to self-empowerment for women, where we talked to a really awesome guest about self-belief versus self-sabotage. We're going to get to that in one minute. But before we do, quick little thank you to everyone who's been leaving such awesome feedback feedback for my book, The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. I am so grateful for all the feedback I get, both in uh, emails, in messages over Facebook, on Amazon reviews, everything. So of course, please keep it coming. In fact, um, I've got another piece or another aspect of that book coming on the way, hopefully in a couple weeks. I'm not ready to announce it just yet, but there will be hopefully a new format where you can enjoy the book. More on that in an episode soon. But in the meantime, we're not wasting any time here. We are just going straight into our interview. I'm going to switch up mics real quick, and we're going to talk to Sam Evans. Okay, today's guest is going to be a really fun one. Sam Evans is a self-belief and self-sabotage specialist. Her superpower is helping women in business reach unlimited potential by becoming authentically confident in themselves and taking healthy forward action without any of the self-sabotaging behavior that used to hold them back. She just published her first book in collaboration with 20 other women. It's called Monetize Your Message, 21 Female Entrepreneurs Who Discovered Their Natural Brilliance and Turned It Into Income, and So Can You. I am so excited to have her here. Sam Evans, thank you so much for being here and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. It's my honor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's so many directions I want to go in here and ask you, but the first thing I want to do is just give you props. Um, you know, the title, Monetize Your Message. I don't know if it was you or another of the author or the publisher. Whoever came up with that title is brilliant because I, I like to think of myself, you know, with the books I write as being able to put a, a title that really encapsulates what you want to get and really piques interest. And I think, you know, no matter what's in that book, I want to read it just by hearing that title. Um, so, you know, props to you. That's, that's awesome. Awesome name for a book. Oh, thank you. I'm going to hand that over to my um, coach, really. It was a coach that helped us put the book together. So she's the one that was in charge of all the publishing. She's the one that came up with the title. So all thanks to her. Wonderful Tracy Munro. <laughs> I, I love it. Hey, Tracy, you did a good job. And I'll tell you, I was surprised when I saw it. I'm like, wow, no one's used this title before. Mm-hmm. And no one's used the title before. It's incredible. Um, I, I love when you have those books where like, just when you think you can't get a better title for something that hasn't already been taken you've got it right there for you (laughs) I was curious you know you did this with 20 other women Mm. um what what was that like did you collaborate with them in the sense that um you just threw your own content in or was the thing where you guys went back and forth and 
kind of collaborated within the tra chapters themselves? So we was guided in what to kind of put into the chapters. So we all got our own chapters and was all given like amount of words to use with a beginning, a middle and an end. And it was up to us to create the content and put it all together. So we all just typed our sections, we wrote them, we sent them to them. And obviously there was back and forth checking, make sure, making sure that it was all okay. And that was basically how we got the book together. Awesome. I love it. So uh, I guess we'll give people a preview. What is that you're like your featured part of it? What would they expect by reading about you? Oh, reading about me, I guess it's going to be the hard truth. <laughs> mm -hmm. I like I like to say things how it is. I think for me, obviously, my passion is obviously with the mind. And I, someone who has been working relentlessly on my mind for so many years, I wanted to kind of just give the home truths about it because obviously, you know, everyone lo loves the law of attraction, loves the secret and everybody wants to manifest and achieve their goals. But sometimes you've got to understand exactly the how to, which is what you put in your book as well. And that's the thing is that there isn't a how to, it's just, you've got to do this and you've got to do that and it's all going to happen. But how, how have you never been shown? How do you do it? So what I did is I just gave my steps, especially when it comes to doing the mind work. So mm -hmm. I don't like to call it mindset because obviously mindset by definition means a set way of thinking. And if you change the, your mindset, it's still set and language is so important. So I like to call it the mind work, the inner work. So what I've done is I've actually given my actual personal steps that I took to work on my mind and I put it into the book to help people understand exactly how the mind works. Mm -hmm. And you know, the research I've done on you tells me that part of the value you help people with themselves is really identifying and eliminating the self-sabotage because mm. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, it's a, like think about a dam and the water behind it. Once the dam, once the block is no longer there, or once the self-sabotage is no longer there, that's when everything flows and that's where success comes and that's where life gets easier and just, you know, goes in higher and higher levels. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm curious, you know, are there any common indicators that people could or should look out for that they might know that, hey, I'm self-sabotaging here, let me do something about it? So self-sabotage, what that actually basically means is, is, and I'm guessing a lot of, the, lot of people actually struggle with this. It's, it's like people want to have success. They want to build a business. You know, they, they want the high money and um, all the things that come along with it. But then there's a part of them that goes, oh, do you know what? I can't do it. I'm not good enough. Um, it's too hard. It's too difficult. Oh, it's not for me. So it's all these excuses that come up. So it's kind of like you've got two parts, a part of you that wants it and then a part of you that doesn't believe that you can do it. And that's where the sabotaging behaviors come in. So sabotaging behaviors could be like coming up with excuses not taking responsibility, um, blame game, because we do, we tend to blame things and situations and people if something hasn't worked out. And it's also um, procrastinating. Procrastinating is a huge one. And that was one of my big ones. So my biggest self-sabotaging behavior was procrastinating. Now I just thought, oh, it's okay, I'll do it later. Oh, it's okay, I'll do it tomorrow. Let, let me just go watch TV and always find an excuse not to do something. And I actually took an EQ assessment and that came up in big, bold letters. And when I looked at it, 
I first laughed and then I cried because I was like, how did you know? Like I didn't even admit the fact because most people don't even know that they're sabotaging themselves because mm -hmm. they think and feel that that's just how they are. And it's only when they start to do something different and they realize that, hold on a minute, I really want to do this, but I can't. And I really want to go in that direction, but something's pulling me back. And it's that push and pull. And it's like, and it makes you feel anxious. It makes you feel emotional. It makes you feel like, oh my God, is there something wrong with me? And I think that's a great big alarm bell. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just that there's something going on in the unconscious mind that's sabotaging you being able to achieve your goals. And this is why people get mental blocks because they don't know what to do. And mm. that's the beauty of me highlighting that for most people is because they don't know. How do you know if you don't know? And it's just about asking the right questions to make you understand, ah, so this is what's holding you back and this is what's sabotaging you. So it's just a matter of addressing the fact that you want to do something, but something's pulling you back. A great analogy I like to use is, uh, it's actually something I've done myself. It's like when you're standing on the edge of a cliff and everyone's going, jump, jump, go on, you can do it, you can jump, jump. And I, and I literally was actually on the edge of a cliff in Cyprus. And every time I kept running towards the edge of the cliff, something kept pulling me back. I was like, oh no, I can't do it. Oh, the fear. Oh, I'm gonna get hurt. And all these sabotaging behaviors come through. I did jump, nearly broke my back at the point. So I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that to anybody. But that's what the sabotaging behavior is like. It's like push and pull. It's like you really wanna do something, but something pulls you back. Mm. You know, so I hear you saying this and I really want to invite you to correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like a good indicator of self-sabotage is if you're doubting yourself and the doubts seem reasonable because we're way more uh, capable and you know we have way more resources than we ever give ourselves credit for. So even if something seems kind of innocuous and just like a simple little thing, or it makes sense like, oh, well, there's no money for this. So like anytime there's something where it seems reasonable, that may well very be a, an indicator of self-sabotage right then and there. Yeah, totally agree. And these are what I call excuses because they are when we when we want to do something we will always find a reason or an excuse because of the self-doubt because of the fears because of the lack of belief that we can achieve something because obviously the mind is such a powerful tool you see you know that and our um our belief system is actually formed by the time we're seven so what happens is between birth to seven we learn things unconsciously and consciously and that also goes for the environment that we're in as well so let's say for example it could be something so simple like um you know this has been quite popular with some of my clients is that a teacher a parent would leave their daughter or son actually not even son sorry would leave their child at nursery and the child would think, oh, my mum's left me. My mum doesn't want me. Oh, my God, why doesn't she want me? Why can't I go with her? So what's happened in their unconscious mind, they've created their own belief system. You know, I'm, I'm unlovable. I'm unable to be successful. I'm unable to achieve my goals because of, of something that could have happened in the early childhood. But we don't always recall it. We just think, oh, you know, we, we get told you was just being silly. You was absolutely fine. But unconsciously, we've made a belief that we're not able to do what we want to do. And all these are the sabotaging behaviors that can pull us back. And this is where the doubts start. And because it is between some, some people even go through the womb. I mean, my belief of I'm not good enough actually stemmed from when I was eight months inside the womb. Had no idea that that was actually the case. But when I told my mum what had actually my unconscious mind had shown me, she told me exactly what happened that day. And whatever I told her that I'd seen, was in fact spot on true because mm. that's how powerful the mind is. Wow. So you, I guess, 
maybe hypnotically like regressed, looked through, looked through this, understood it, described it to your mom, and she confirms what you were able to look back that's been hiding in your mind since before you were even technically born. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. It is. It's crazy. So I was, um, my, obviously, because like, we use timeline therapy, so um, mm. you have to obviously build rapport with the client. You've got to understand how their mind works because it's a trust thing because you're trusting someone with your mind. It's, it's everything. And so I went back to my unconscious mind and said, oh, I'm eight months inside the womb. And I saw myself um, inside my mum and my mum sitting there really frustrated. My dad's going up and down, having a go at her, being really really angry at her so I had to reframe the way I felt and saw this vision and I changed it I got my learnings from it. I was able to see it from a different perception so I got off the phone I finished my call jumped on the phone to my mom I was like oh mom you never guess what I saw she goes I could tell you exactly what happened that day she was on the sofa really fed up my dad was having a go at her and all she kept thinking was, I'm not good enough to be a wife, I'm not good enough to be a mom, I'm just not good enough. So because she was thinking and feeling it, she'd actually passed it through to me. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't the fact that I'd been through so much trauma and, you know, stress throughout my life. It was that one little moment my mom had passed through to me. And yeah. that's what was sabotaging my behavior. And there are esoteric explanations for that. But for anyone that can't even accept that, just think of it this way. Biochemistry is biochemistry. Whatever emotion she's feeling is affecting her biochemistry, which you are jacked into, literally. So, of course, the chemicals are intermingling. And, of course, her emotions are going to be impressed on you in some way, shape, or form when you're that connected that intimately at that moment in time, especially since you're so close to birth. Um, That's really fascinating. Um, One thing I want to dive into that, because you mentioned procrastination Mm. as a key way or method of of self-sabotage, I would think another way is perfectionism. And Mm. I'm not sure how much you see that in in your field with what you're doing with people. A lot of people do that. A lot of people say, it's not good enough. Like if I'm not good enough or I'm procrastinating, it has to be perfect. Mm. It's got to be done in this particular way. So I was having a conversation with someone and uh, she couldn't push herself forward. It has to be perfect. It's got to, I, I can never get things wrong. I have to win. I'm a winner. I have to win. But because she had that mentality, because she wanted to always be the winner, she wouldn't push herself in case she didn't win, in case she lost. So I asked her, so I was like, okay, so you, there's something here about you, you don't like losing. She goes, no, I don't like losing. So how do you feel about losing weight? Oh, well, I can't do it. I was mm. like, ah, interesting. She was like, oh my God, Sam, I didn't even think of it like that. Two weeks later, she lost like half a stone. She started mm. going to swimming as well and she lost weight all because of that neuro thinking inside her mind that she just couldn't, she didn't want to win. And that's what people do. They think if, if I don't get it right, if I don't get it perfect, if I get it wrong, it's not going to be good enough. It's not going to be worthy enough. And again, this is all stemmed from our childhood. It's what we've been told and what we've been made to believe. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be good. It's got to be this. And we have to let that go because obviously done is better than perfect. Yeah. And I don't know how I, I found a way to kind of put this in my book, you know, something about a law of attraction of going into this. I believe perfectionism strings from genetically coded need to fit in with the group. And you go back to times when, you know, we were in tribes and we were hunting. And literally, if you were ostracized by the group in that moment in time, 
it isn't like you don't get invited to a New Year's Eve party and you're sad and you, you know, you go play Xbox for a while. No, it means your survival is literally in jeopardy where you're not hunting with the pack. You don't have their resources for food. You don't have the protection when a saber tooth tiger comes like this stuff, I believe is literally embedded in us and it's part of our instincts. So we're trying to be perfect for others because in that way, we're trying to fit in with the group. We want them. We don't technically, we don't care if it's perfect. We care that they think it's perfect. Uh, that's kind of like the, like what my research has told me. I was wondering your thoughts on that. Yeah. And that's, and that's another thing. It's true. People do. I was a big, uh, I was definitely in that category. I always cared what other people thought. I always worried, you know, and what if they say anything, have I done anything wrong? And my entire teenage years was spent trying to fit in and you know it's, it's great that you can connect with people and you know you can kind of build that rapport with people and kind of mold into that environment but what I did was is that I used to mold into them so much that I'd forget who I was because I was trying to people please and I was trying to and it's kind of like setting yourself up for failure because mm -hmm. if, you, if you're trying to constantly please people and trying to fit in and seek approval then how are you gonna make yourself happy so one of the questions i always ask my clients is is this only for you and they're like oh no no it's not for me it's for my family it's for them it's for this it's for that okay great so i'm just going to rephrase it now so imagine you're driving a car and your family are in the back and we're all going on a great adventure except you're not in the driver's seat you're on the passenger side how far are you going to go well so i'm not going to get very far am I? i'm not in the driver's seat exactly because you're trying to fit in with everybody else when you take charge of your life, when you take charge of your thoughts, when you take charge of your actions, you're going to have far more drive to get to where you need to be. And it is about letting go of the need to fit in and letting go of the need of other people's opinions because people are opinionated. People are going to have their own thoughts and views. And that's okay. People are allowed to have that. But at the end of the day, that's not going to pay your bills and that's not going to help you get to where you need to be. And it is about staying true to yourself as long as you're not harming or offending anybody else. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Mm, awesome. So um, paying close attention to the direction that this conversation is going in, and I'm probably what you do with your clients, I'm paying very close attention to your vocabulary and mm. the way you're expressing your thoughts. And earlier on in our talk here, you mentioned the word reframe, and then you gave a really good example of a reframe uh, talking about the client losing weight. Mm. So I, I, you know, I get the feeling that this is a huge part of your work and what you do for people. You reframe or recontextualize a thought in their mind so that they can see it in a different way, which will then enable them to make a different choice for themselves. Is that a fair way of putting it? Definitely. Definitely. It's like most people, and they say this to me all the time. It's like, I've got a heavy cloud on my head. I don't know what it is. I just, I can't seem to go clearly. And I remember that feeling. It's like there's a heavy cloud on your head and it feels like pressure. And it's like, you can't look left. You can't look right. You can just about see clearly ahead. So it's like all the thoughts and the overwhelm and the fears and the doubts, it's just crowded. It's overwhelming. And this is another reason why people just can't seem to move forward because they feel like they're stuck. They're resisting because of the, the, the chaos going inside the minds. So what I like to do is I like to help people see things in a way that they've never seen before. So in hindsight, what I do is I show them their blind spots. Mm. And then it's like, oh, I didn't think of it like that before because I've never been able to think of it like that before because they've been set in stone in their comfort zone and thinking in a particular way. And it's no one's fault. Mm. You know, people are not their behaviors. It's just 
society. It's what's been conditioned. You know, I always say that, how can we think outside the box if we're stuck inside the box? It, it's hard to think outside of it. And we have been grown up in boxes. We grow up and we're in a cot and we grow up and then we're in a house and we travel in a box and we commute in a box and we're always in a box. So it's, it's hard to imagine to be outside in the free world if you're always inside the box, which is why people get scared of going out into their comfort zone. So it's about not just saying to people, right, that's it, step up now, get outside and go run free. It's about doing it in a way that allows their mind to understand where I'm coming from and to help them think in a nice smooth transition. So it's kind of like turning that frown upside down, but in a way that works at a nice pace so it doesn't feel too much. Because if you do it too quickly, too fast, it can actually send their mind into a state of shock, which obviously I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you described something where I was thinking, I think a lot of people don't realize it's, it's so easy to be like, it's not your fault. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that all the time. Well, no, it's a survival mechanism. We, from very from birth really we need to categorize information that's coming in in a predictable way because every time you have to make a choice about what's in front of you it's burning energy which means technically it's a threat to your survival so people don't see this uh they won't you know we're on camera here they're not going to see this you're going to hear i'm i'm holding a water bottle it's going to be draining if my brain always has to ask hey, is this really water or is this clear orange juice or something else ridiculous? Like my brain needs to categorize something. Like, this is water. I understand this because once I've done that, it's one less thing I have to worry about. And I think it's important things for people to realize like, hey, yeah, I'm used to seeing it a certain way. And it's these reframes that are going to help me unlock and disconnect from the self-sabotage, which automatically, correct me if I'm wrong, takes you into self-confidence because self-confidence is actually your natural state of being. Hmm. And self-sabotage is that dam over the water that's been holding it back. All you have to do is get rid of that and the self-confidence becomes automatic. So it's not something that you have to build up, so to speak. It's something that's there hiding in the background. Exactly. And it's just that self-sabotage is just, we've allowed the self-sabotage to overtake us because I mean, people say all the time, like, oh, you know, damn you belief system and screw you negative thinking. But at the end of the day, your, your unconscious mind is, is not trying to harm you. It's not trying to, damage you what it is it's in survival mode it's it's trying to protect you it's a you know you have to treat it like a six-year-old because you, you communicate with it like a six-year-old but you need to understand that it i say it's like protecting you like a mother mm. because it's because of experiences that we've been through before it's like oh no you know for example parents go no don't touch the stove you're going to burn your finger and then you go, oh, let me touch it. Let me see, because curiosity gets the better of you. And you touch it, you go, oh, my God, I burnt my finger. And then years later, oh, no, be careful. Don't touch that stove. You're going to burn your finger because it's been embedded in the unconscious mind because of experiences that they've been through. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, is that we do, we end, it, it is about surviving, the body puts you into survival mode and protects you, which is why people find it challenging to do something different or they, or they tend to give up quickly or they don't believe that they can do it because of how their mind has been conditioned. Yeah. I'd love to find people. I wish I could find everybody in that uh, curiously defiant stage and be like, don't give me all your money. And they're like, huh, okay, let's see what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not there. So, <laughs> but this, so this is very intriguing. So to me, and I'm, I'm kind of like jumping ahead because I think it's important for people, you know, they're, they're learning from you what self-sabotage is and they're learning the key to self-confidence. And it sounds like a lot of it, a huge key, is just about a reframe. And that could be whether they're doing it for themselves or whether they work with somebody like you who's an expert in 
uncovering the layers and reframing things in a very clear, easy way that they're going to be able to relate to. Because it's all basically, it's about telling that part of their mind that's only interested in their survival, that when things are going even better than they are now, it's still going to be safe. In fact, it's going to be better. So it's just about finding a way to communicate that without having to force it and making it a more of a natural progression. Exactly. So one of the things that I do is uh, all the clients are aware that when I set them taskings, which I don't just, I don't say to them, right, you have to do X, Y, Z. I listen to what they're saying and they kind of tell me what it is that they're about to do. So I obviously make sure that they have their confirmation. This is non-negotiable. This is going to be your tasking. And one story just popped into my mind was um, my uh, new client started with me last year and, oh, I don't know if I can go ahead with this. Sabotage kicked in. She didn't want to jump on the call. I'm too angry. That's all right. Let's jump on a call. Let's let's just see what happens. We'll just take it, you know, one step at a time. And she had to go to this event and she was really infuriated. You know, I really want to build a business and build a massive team, but I just don't want, I don't like socializing. We've got a bit of, we've got a bit of a conflict going on there. So her first session was she'd just actually been to a class and she felt humiliated. She felt like she wasn't listened to and she didn't want to go back. So I thought long and hard about listening to her and I said, right, your task is you're going to go back. You're going to go back to this class and you're just going to, just going to roll with it. We're going to build up consistency because it, the more you do something, the more you understand who you are and what it is that you need to learn. So after a couple of weeks, she was like, oh, Sam. She's like, oh, Sam, it was amazing. Everyone was coming up to me. They was all doing it. And she just had that switch. So that is what everyone always says to me. It's like, Sam, all of a sudden you turn, flick that switch on inside. Mm -hmm. Just by taking those little steps, they just, it's like they turn the dial the opposite direction. It's like one minute they're going one way and they're like, oh my God, I can go a different direction. I can see, I can hear, I can feel differently. And this is exactly how I work with the client is I help them understand that in fact that they have that power within them to take the action. They just need someone just to show them their blind spots. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love it. Cool. Um, trying to think of the best way to ask this. I'm wondering, <clears throat> and I know a lot, not all of my listeners, but a lot of them are entrepreneurs. So, mm -hmm. you know, they have the, the fear of like, you know, business failure, which you can't blame them. They, and they have all the common stuff that are like a lot of entrepreneurs which would expect, yeah. which I know you, you can relate to just as I can. Um, not having spoken to any of these people personally and hearing directly, is there any kind of like number one piece of advice that you want to share or should share with people when they're trying to go from self-sabotage to self-confidence? So, I think the most important thing would be is to just spend time with yourself and ask yourself, have, have that little chat with yourself. Am I sabotaging myself at the moment? And be very, people need to be more attuned into their intuition. I really do believe that. I really do believe that we have the answers within us. So because most people, you know, we do have fears, we do have doubts. I have them now. Like I've done so much work on myself. And in, in order for me to keep going forward, I have to constantly be working on myself. How do I do that? I ask myself. I, I pull myself back and I have a word with myself. See, what happens is, is that when people feel fear and doubtful, it sabotages their behavior and in return they worry and they get anxious and they get depressed. And I don't want anyone to feel like that. Obviously I can't control the world, but it would be nice if I could. So I, I would say that one of, one of the things that I like to advise people is first off, if they feel like they are struggling, it's just take a moment and, and acknowledge. Acknowledge the fact that, you know, I'm feeling 
angry, I'm feeling annoyed. What people tend to do is they go, it's okay, I'm fine. It's okay, I'm fine. I'll do with it later. But what's going to happen, and I've been experienced with this, is that that carpet that you've shoved everything under is one day going to explode. And you do not want that mess. You do not want that chaos. And it's literally taking a moment. Uh, I put a post up today. It said, instead of taking a step forward, sometimes the best step to take is to take a step back before you move forward. Because what happens is, is that if we take a step back and just take a look at ourselves from a different perception, what's kind of going on? Let's acknowledge the fact of how, how, we, how are we feeling? How are we thinking? And accepting it. So what people tend to do is they go, oh, it's all right, I'll be fine. It's all right, I'm just having an off day. And that's fine, great, we all have off days. I mean, I'm having an off day today. But the fact is there's always something that we've got to address and work on. The mind work is, is something that I, is not just doing the, the audios and the positive affirmations. And I always say that it's great. It's great at a conscious level. But if there's something very deep going underneath, like the fears and the doubts and the concerns, then just take a step back and just acknowledge the fact that the problem is there. Accept the fact extent of, right, what can I do differently? What do I need to work on? What do I need to let go of? How can I? And it's about asking the right questions. Always ask yourself the right questions. How am I feeling today? What can I do differently? Instead of, oh my God, I can't do this. It's, I'm, I'm not going to face it today. What can I do differently? What could I, how could I challenge this? How could I manage my emotions? When we are able to manage our emotions effectively, we have far more higher capability of managing ourselves, managing our emotions and how we manage ourselves around others as well. And I think that's very huge to address. Mm. And sometimes it sounds like, you know, what can I do differently or how can I do it differently? Sometimes it's good to even have a recognition that if something feels too big, literally a very, very small minor tweak or step is has value. And I think the important thing is for people to realize, like if they can't take a big step, that's fine. A small step will make a difference that they will never realize in that moment. But you know, it's, it's kind of like a curve. It'll, it's exponentially will help them more and more if they're just willing to make little tweaks and little decisions and little moves. Exactly. And this is why a lot of people that get into the uh, entrepreneurial world and I, and I was one of them. Oh, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to work from home. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be a millionaire. If they could do it, I can do it. And that's what goes through everybody's minds. But what we do is we get so hung up on the big picture that we do forget about the journey. We forget about the person that we need to become to get to there. We just go, oh, you know, I've worked for, and I'll talk about myself, by the way. I've worked for investment banking. I've served 31 people at one time. I could do anything. Think. if I can do that I can manage my own business but this is what we've got to come out of the ego state we've got to be more aware of the fact that we have to make certain shifts and changes and that's what people worry they they don't like change they have a fixed mindset rather than a growth mindset and what you've got to do is is be aware that it, it, when you are making these steps it is about being kind to yourself and you know go for failure go for no people say all the time learn the fact that if you make a mistake it's okay i say it to my children all the time if you make a mistake it's okay learn from it and then do something else because that's the only way that we're ever really going to grow and believe you me i made a hell of a lot of mistakes <laughs> <laughs> like getting on this podcast right now right <laughs> oh no definitely not <laughs> awesome well this this has been really enlightening. I really appreciate this. If if people want to learn more about you, Sam, like what is the best way for them to connect with you and and get more of this content and maybe even hire you to help them with reframing a few things? 
So you can go to my website. It is still going through some changes, but it, there is a platform there available, which is www.samevansglobal.com. Or you can find me on Facebook under Sam Evans. And I'm there giving value all the time. And I'm always available for booking a call. Awesome. Well, what I'll do is I'll put those links on the page where this interview is going to be posted. And I'll also put in the link to your book on Amazon. So uh, people, people can get all those different, uh, those layers there. Um, Sam, this has been a really fun talk and it's really, it's been reaffirming for a few things that I had suspicions on just in terms of the way the mind works and the value of reframing. Um, so thank you so much for coming on and sharing this, this really valuable content with my listeners. I'm sure they love it. And I'm sure I'll be hearing some good feedback from them. So thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you once again to Sam Evans for being on the show and for delivering such valuable, fun insights. Hoping everyone enjoyed that. And if you did and you haven't done so already, please go ahead, pull out your phone right now, hit that subscribe button. While you're at it, I'd appreciate it if you left a quick, honest, written review. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Let me know how the show's going for you so far. Let me know if there are any guests or topics in particular that you want me to cover on this podcast. Uh, with that said, I've already got someone really fun lined up for our next episode. So stay tuned for that one soon. And in the meantime, have an awesome week. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. <laughs>